Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, he is former Giants linebacker Jonathan Casillas. I'm Paul Dottino. So glad you could join us this afternoon. We'll be here for the next hour. We'll talk Giants football, maybe some other NFL things that you'd like to discuss with us. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513 is our phone number. You can also go to Twitter, hashtag Giants Chat. I know we don't get to that as often as we used to, but I apologize. Uh, And also, you can find an archive of this show in case you're not listening live and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. Uh, Remember, Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Pepsi Zero Sugar, new and improved zero, never tasted so good. So, Jonathan, we haven't had a chance to have you on the program since the uh, playoff uh, appearances over the weekend, where we are now down to the final two teams for the Super Bowl, Philadelphia and Kansas City. What we did yesterday when Lance and I were on, we talked about the teams that have advanced and the teams that played over the weekend in the context of where the Giants still have to get to to be on that level. Because let's not kid ourselves. The Giants earned their way into the playoffs and earned their way into the second round. But they're just not at this level yeah. of these other teams yet who are legitimate Super Bowl contending teams. And in fact, two teams that are going to the Super Bowl. Is there something that you saw over the weekend that you said to yourself, you know what, that's definitely missing from this Giants team and they've got to go find it somehow? Well, it it wasn't like apparent to me this weekend because it's been apparent to me. You played, we, the Giants played the Super Bowl uh, representative of the NFC three times this year. Yeah. So it was clear and evident that. 0 for 3. Right. And then you throw the Cowboys in there, that's 0 for 5. That's not good against your division, right? So you don't even have to look at these, well, I guess the Chiefs on the other side. You got to look at the Eagles. You know, the, the Eagles are the 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 trademark, the the benchmark of where, you know, success could be for the, for the Giants and what a, a truly championship team really looks like. You know, the depth, the quarterback, the skill positions around the quarterback, the offensive line, how they move people around, the consistency in the run game, their depth on a defensive line, the two basically all pro caliber corners. Like, they're loaded. 
all over. And they've done a great job drafting. They've done a great job of free agency. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of depth. They got Made Sue and Lindsey Joseph. Yeah, absolutely. So they're the flagship, I think, right now in the NFC East and the NFC right now. And they took, you know, a, a really talented San Francisco team on their third quarterback and knocked both of the quarterbacks out of the game. And I don't blame the Eagles for doing that. I blame the 49ers for that. Why are you, you blocking to. Hassan Riddick with a tight end? Like, what are we doing here? The guy had 16 sacks during the year. I might be off a number or two, one or two, but he was league, one of the league leaders in sacks. Yeah. A dominant force. Mm-hmm. He had two sacks against the Giants the prior week. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are we doing here, guys? And it wasn't just a tight end, Jonathan. It was a tight end in motion as they tried to scheme it to look like they were going to be run-blocking and then have a motion tight end come over and pick up Reddick on the edge. Can somebody explain why they thought that would work? I have no idea. You gotta when you play a team, right? And 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 I'm talking about you as an offense. You look at a defense. You have to realize who are the game wreckers. If he's not public enemy number one, mm-hmm. then y'all did something wrong. You gotta. <laughs> I, I know. You do a. We do a. Where's Waldo? Right. He's not a guy that you know bounces around. You know he maybe goes left and right, but he's not off the ball. You know he's not doing all the extra stuff. He's on the line of scrimmage, and he's rushing the passer at all times. No doubt. Right? When no he gets doubt. into any type of passing situation, you have to account for him. He had to be the worst Waldo. I think the San Francisco 49ers failed at doing so, and they got both of their quarterbacks knocked out because of that. Yeah. And he he dang near got the ball out of Josh Johnson the second sack. It was a strip – it was a strip, almost a strip fumble, mm-hmm. and he recovered it. Mm-hmm. Almost. It was this close. Mm-hmm. If, if Josh Johnson had a flatter butt, it would be a strip, a strip sack. You know, I just don't know – the idea of how how do you do that? You know, like I feel like the Giants did a better job against them protecting Daniel Jones in the, in the prior week. You know, even though I think they had five sacks. Yeah, well, consider in the final regular season game, Philadelphia's two sacks were against a fake field goal and against a tight end option. Tomorrow, they the week did 18 not, game? Yeah, the week yep. 18 game. They did not get to Davis Webb. Right. Now, he had to run around a bit, don't get me wrong, but they did not sack the quarterback, and they had their front I don't want to use there. that game, though, because I don't think the energy and the thought process and the effort was there from the Philadelphia Eagles because I yeah, think it was point, a whole nother level when they got to that division round oh, against oh, the Giants. Granted, but my point is that – you go into the game appropriately understanding what you need to do to try to neutralize the Eagles' yes. most potent weapon. Yep. And if you do that, at least you have a chance. Give yourself a chance. San Francisco did not did do it. that at all. Right. They basically said, here, punch us in the oh jaw. Oh, my gosh. That's not good. That's not good. I, I'm we, sorry, but and, and the thing is, and you know what's so funny? Get away with this. Like, Nobody you, says a word about it. You use a lot it. of boxing analogies. I like it. But this is a heavyweight fight, right? You can't allow a heavyweight to punch you in your face. You can't allow it to happen because you get knocked out. And it's you know exactly what's worse? what happened. You know what's worse? First of all, let me make something clear, folks. And we talk about this. And you got, you know, I, I love to talk about it. Jonathan, I don't know if I've used this term on our program before. I know I've used it with the other hosts. I call them headache players. On Monday night, when the coordinators go into their meetings and they start getting together with their playbooks and figure out what the game plan is going to be for the weekend, they look at the headache players on the other team. That is the guy on the other side of the ball who's going to make me stay up all night trying to figure out what I need to do so that he doesn't wreck my game, okay? Hassan Reddick is a headache player. He's the headache player. He is the number Mm -hmm. one headache player on the Philadelphia Eagles, okay? So here's the thing that boggles my mind. In that Monday night meeting, as they're game planning, 
What they need to do before they get to the facility on Tuesday morning is have a, an A, a B, and a C plan for how they're going to deal with Hassan Reddick. So that if plan A doesn't work, yeah. which obviously was not going to right. with the move tight end, you need to have a B and a C option. Yep. If you wait until the first or second quarter of that game on Sunday to make that adjustment, you have lost. Yeah. You need to have those options prepared in the game plan room the Monday before the game. Yes, I agree. And that's what boggles my mind about this. I cannot believe how Kyle Shanahan basically put his team on a silver platter and allowed the Philadelphia Eagles to feast. Yeah. he. I mean, you, you got to think, the, the person you protect the most, of course, on offense is the quarterback, right? So if you have a, a group of pass rushers that has 70 sacks on a year, close to being an all-time high of sacks, the front four guys who are your starters have 49 in between the four of them. One guy has 16. I think the impetus should be <laughs> protect the quarterback at all costs and we'll have some success. You know what's even worse? That should be it. They have a fullback in Kyle Juszczyk. Yes. How many times did he chip on Sunday? I no, I ain't seen him too much. Chip, wow, chipping too much. wow! So, so not only did you try to block Reddick with a move tight end, you've got a real fullback, a real one, and you never asked him to help in pass protection. Can somebody explain this to me? I don't get that. What is that? What is that? Disrespect? Is that stupidity? What is that? What is that? Because at know. the end of the day, let's be real about this: San Fran and the Eagles are very similar in talent. Like, there's not a huge difference between those two teams. Like, the week before, the Giants and the, and the Eagles, they're a little bit different in terms of talent, right? There's a little bit of a ways to go. I think we agree. One, one team in the Philadelphia Eagles are the elite category of talent, and they've showed that this year, but through consistency of play and the way they've won games. Their quarterback is, what, 15-1 and one now with, this, right. with the playoff win? And one loss throughout a long long season of football. He only missed two games, and they lost right. those two games. Right. And then you look at the other side of the ball defensively, right? They're so loaded on defense. But if you look at San Fran, they're loaded on offense. Right. And they have the tools to protect the quarterback. Yes, they but do. But the game plan has to be in the right situation. Okay. You know, you have to do – like, you have to see what the other team does well, and you have to see what you could do well against them. But number one thing, you have to neutralize or eliminate what the other team does well. Or at least slow them down a little bit. And that starts with one guy. And it's the guy that's almost leading the league in sacks. <laughs> at least have a plan for him, like you said. Plan A, plan B. And if that doesn't work, man, he's too damn good. But they didn't give themselves a chance. No. They didn't give themselves no chance. And I do feel a little bad for them. I feel bad for Brock Purdy. You know, I never, you know, I hate when people get hurt. You know, I because I, I was always guy banged up, mm -hmm. you know, and I always feel for somebody to get hurt because you can't do anything about it. The guy came back in the game and didn't throw another pass. Now, They're doing triple reverses to try to get McCaffrey to throw the ball. I'm like, man, as soon as he got hurt, I said the game's over. And now he's got a UCL injury. As soon injury. as he got okay. hurt, I said the game's over. Yeah. The game's and, over. And it's now, over. Now with the UCL, he's out He's out for a minimum of six months. Who knows how much longer than that. Man. So the, the repercussions of not protecting your quarterback have now – Grown. Is this the they only grown. team that that got four quarterbacks knocked out in one year? Oh, over the course of time, it's happened to other teams too. But I mean, they got four quarterbacks though out this year. 
your top two guys, a, a guy you drafted, a guy you paid, Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy that comes in and yeah, won seven games for you, and then a guy who's played 27 I, years in the league for 20 different teams. I want to tie Johnson. this around back to the Giants. Yes, let's do and it. And the reason that I brought this up and this this horrible failure by, by Kyle Shanahan is because he's one of the candidates for the NFL Coach of the Year. I think he just disqualified himself from that award. I hear you. For what he did in that playoff game. Now, I know technically it's a regular season award, but I will tell you, I thought that Shanahan having to deal with the third quarterback, quarterback. Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, still getting his team into the number number two seed in the playoffs, I thought he deserved some consideration. But you know what? One of the biggest free agency signings in uh, McCaffrey during the year. Well, it was a great trade that they made. That's an executive move. That's an Mm -hmm. executive move. But my point is, I just thought Kyle Shanahan and his staff had total brain fart this past week, and I would disqualify him from even being in contention because I'm going to tell you something. When we talk about the gap between a team like the Eagles and the Giants, well, you know what? This is a damn good coaching staff. Yeah. And this coaching staff maximized what the Giants had this year. And, yes, the Giants need more talent. But, Jonathan, I have to tell you, for the first time since Tom Coughlin and his staff were here, I truly believe that every weekend when the Giants go into battle, that they will not be at a disadvantage. And more often than not, they will have an inherent advantage because of this coaching staff. Yeah. Brian Dable and Mike Kafka and the rest of his coaches would not have put their team in a bad position like the Niners did this past weekend. Yeah, no, I agree. And and the reason why the Giants lost was not because of coaching. It was because of players. The roster. Giants just don't have the players to compete with the elite roster that the Eagles have. They just can't do it. That's why when you go into this championship, this Super Bowl game, that's what makes it so interesting because if you rewind a few years ago when Philly was going against the Patriots, it was a similar conversation. And Philly's the more talented team, but the Patriots had the GOAT. And you could argue Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, maybe even the best player in the NFL. And I feel like Philadelphia Eagles is the all-around best team in the NFL. It's a very similar type of game. And that's what makes this game so interesting. But when it comes to the Giants, the Giants have to look no further than the division. Because the Giants, first of all, the Giants only won one game in the division. The other game was a tie. And you lost to two, you got swept by two teams. And those teams, I feel like, are above and beyond in terms of roster. The, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, they finished and, first and second in and, the division. And the Giants have to figure out a way to get keep guys healthy because there's a lot of guys on this roster that didn't play this year. A lot of young guys, and I know you and Lance was talking about it yesterday, there's six or seven to eight guys that would have contributed a lot of snaps this year that are on the roster and in their first or second year. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, now I need you to help me out here. All right, you obviously heard some of the program yesterday. How much can you rely on some of these young kids who have a lot of talent and a lot of potential, and you didn't get to see enough of them this year to chew on what they have to offer? How much can you count on them as you try to take this team to the next step? Well, the thing the thing is, when you play in the NFL, the two best abilities are, number one is availability. You have to be available. You have to be, you know, in the, the, the lineup to play. You can't be in the tub, which is in the, in, the, in the training room or on IR. You have to be available. And the second one is accountability. You can't get to accountability without being available. Right. And that's the thing with the Giants. They suffered a rash of injuries from a lot of younger players and even some older guys that set them behind this year. It's not about... It's not about like, oh, yeah, the Eagles are far superior in talent. Yes, I think that's it. But you got to throw in the factor that the Giants had so many injuries throughout this year, especially early on in the year Mm -hmm. with a lot of younger guys that we couldn't really see nothing from them. I think Beavers was an incredible player in training camp. Nothing from him during the season, right? And you could could factor them in, but when it comes down to it, in order for you to have success, uh, success in this league and to stay in the league, you have to be available. You have to be injury-free. And, of course, you look at Aziz Arjelari. Is he talented enough to play in the NFL? Yes. But he, he needs to stay healthy. I don't know what that is, though. Like, I, I can't. I was a guy who was, who was hurt. I missed my whole entire second year after winning a starting job, after winning the Super Bowl. I right. missed my whole second year, and I was always banged up. I figured somehow, some way, ended up staying healthy, and I ended up playing, and I ended up being a special teams guy, and I ended up being a starter in the back half of my career. I know. And that's what happens to, to guys sometimes. But also sometimes happens where guys get injured a lot when they're young, and they never pan out, and they do three or four years, and they're out. And they're first, second, third round draft picks, and it's like, man, what's going on? It's because of availability. If you're not available, you're, you're not a commodity and no more in the NFL. You're like a beat-up car, used car, and they can't use you. They can't rely on you. And that's what the Giants need. The Giants need a lot of reliable, dependable players that are durable. And as of right now, it's only a limited amount of those guys on this roster. That's what the Giants got to find out. And then the, the younger guys, which I love how I feel like a lot of guys, like a Richie James, like Isaiah Hodgins, uh, Dane Belton, a lot of guys that are a little bit younger on the roster progress throughout this year. They develop, and you don't yeah. really see that in the NFL. You see that more on a collegiate level, and I think that's how you grade a collegiate coach. Well, the coaching staff has a lot to do with that. I, that's what I'm saying. This coaching staff did a great job in getting these guys prepared because these guys, Isaiah Hodgins, no one knew who he was in the middle of the year. He was on an active practice squad up in Buffalo. Right. No one knew who he was, and he comes in, and he has a career year. Two big games in the playoffs. Uh, excuse me, two big games against the, uh, Vikings. The, the Vikings. One in the playoffs, and one in the, uh, the la- one of the later games in the regular season to help get the Giants to where they needed to be. Even though they lost the game, he still had a good game. That's when you start to see, like, okay, not only are they bringing in players, pretty good players, but they're developing players that we really didn't know had as much talent as they would. And that I think that's a tribute to the to the coaches. I think that's a tribute to the type of culture that they built here. And I think the, out of the main thing, when you take from this last 2022 season, I think what I take from the season is that they established culture here that hasn't been here since Tom Coughlin. And Tom Coughlin won two Super Bowls. Okay, so with that mentality that is now in place, that the Giants are together, they're unified, they're winners, they've got, they've got everybody pulling in the same direction. When you have guys like Flott, Rodarius Williams, Aaron Robinson – Beavers, 
Ojolari, guys who should be cons- considered significant contributors to this defense in 2023. How much do you have to hedge your bets on those guys because they haven't proven that they can be healthy? That's a good question. For me, it, you can't do it on an unproven player, I feel like. You know, so the guys that haven't really played yet, like a Beavers, uh, I guess Rodarius Williams played this year, Aaron, but he, he was hurt last year. And a lot of these guys are coming off significant injuries. I know. You know, so I, I, for me, I wouldn't be able to do that and feel comfortable to rely on basically somebody's ACL. See, you know the thing that, that gets to me, and I mentioned this on yesterday's program, if those guys are healthy, they're significant contributors this year, and the gap between the Giants and the Eagles isn't as wide. Right. If Wondell Robinson is healthy all year, uh, and 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 maybe if I don't know what the heck happened with Galladay, but maybe there's an injury there that we don't know about. I don't know. But the point is, had the Giants had better health this year, I think their roster and their talent isn't quite as far away as maybe a lot of people want to think. Yeah, I agree because the the Giants do have a lot of guys on the roster that didn't play this year because of injury. And you just named a whole bunch of those guys, right? And then you look at one of the best receivers, I feel like, in the NFC who has been a, a, a stalwart for the Giants for years and, and Sterling Shepard. Yeah, even Shep. I you didn't know? even mention Shep. Right, well, so, he's an older guy, right. but you, know, you, yeah. you get so, the point. So the, it's, and that's the thing about the NFL is, is how deep are you? You know, like, what's your depth like? You know, number one, can you keep players healthy? Number two, if your star players go down, who's coming and replacing them? And I feel like last week's show, last Thursday, when I was talking to Schmelke, I said the main two positions I feel like you had to address is number one, you got to get a quarterback. Number two, you got a wide receiver. Number three, you need depth. There's no specific position that I feel like comes in a higher priority than a quarterback and a receiver than the overall depth of the team. Because you need guys a whole bunch of guys you need four to five d tackles you need four to five rush ends stand up rushers you need five to six corners that can play nickel that can play different positions you need depth and you need good players at these positions with good players behind them and there's a hidden value in what he just said because that also helps your special teams a hundred percent the giants had trouble with it struggled like like every single game, there was there was the reason why the Giants couldn't play complimentary football all year was I think because of special teams, because there were some games offensive defense played well, and then some some games where offense played well, defense didn't they play were too well. thin. But every game it was a struggle with special teams. They weren't covering punts, they weren't down in punts, they were giving up stuff, giving up returns, and that's a a third of the game, Paul. Yeah. That's a third of I'm the with game. You. You know me, I'm a, I was a special teams guy for a long time in my career. That's why I bring it up. And I would sell out on special teams because I knew how vital and how important it was. You know, and, and the Giants, I think they had a core, guys, but they weren't big-time impact players that the Giants need. They need significant plays to come out of the special teams game. They have to because if the Giants – look, if, if they say they close the gap, I don't think they're going to get more talented – benefit of the Eagles in one year. Oh, I don't that's, that's going to be happen. virtually impossible right. to do. But you can close the gap. But when you still go against the Philadelphia Eagles twice next year, because that's on the schedule, no matter what anybody else is playing anywhere, <laughs> you're going to go down to 95 and they're going to come up 95. Yes, sir. That's what's happening. Yes, right? sir. And now you got to play these guys twice a year. Now, if the gap is still, you know, I wouldn't say significant, if it's closer but it's still not, you're not even, you have to play – Basically, a perfect game with complimentary football, and that goes to special teams. 
And the only way you can do that is you build up your roster. You need depth. So you got guys who possibly can be starters that are playing on special teams. You can't be pulling off guys off the street and thinking they're just going to go ahead and make plays on special teams because it doesn't happen. There's a lot of guys in different rosters. You got to think for the Philadelphia Eagles, because they're so talented, they got guys that supposed to be starters on special teams. And they're angry and they're upset mm-hmm. and they're thinking, they, I'm going to play well here so I can get back to my starting job. The Giants didn't really have guys like that this year. And no. I think that's where you saw a significant um, uh, on a consistent basis, they basically were outplayed on a consistent basis on special teams. See, this is what's happened, folks. The Giants in year one of the new administration, because they did such a miraculous job of working with broken toothpicks and actually built a house <laughs> that like could that. withstand a rainstorm, okay, we we have to give them tremendous credit for that, and they deserve credit for that. Until the monsoon came, but, but that's the problem. The, the 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 house of toothpicks could not withstand a hurricane. Yeah. Okay, now what they've got to do in year two is to fortify that house yep. so that it can withstand a hurricane. Yep. And so, please. Where does it start at, though? Where does it start at? When you t- when you're looking at the roster, we talk about this this house, right? You fortify the house. Where does it start at? See. It always starts on the trenches for me. Uh, same here. Same always. here. Yep. I can't help it. That's that's like that's the foundation of okay. the house, right? Yeah. Now, what what I don't know is, can they get themselves not again? And I mentioned on the pro- we're going to get to your calls in just a minute, folks. And then when we do, I'm going to go rapid fire so we get as many people as we can in. I know we've talked a little long here, but Jonathan and I, we we see a lot of things football wise that a lot of people don't, and I think it's good when we have yeah, the conversation. Yeah, for sure. I love it. Okay. One of the things that I always believed that you you need a center who is not just incredibly smart, but is not going to get bullied against certain matchups. Because yeah. when you play the higher level competition, there's going to be times where he's just going to be out physical. Yeah. And the Giants right now, Nick Gates, I believe, I believe in my heart of hearts is probably better suited to deal with that kind of situation than Feliciano is. But Gates is a free agent, and Feliciano's a free agent. So the Giants might have to go out and get themselves a real bully of a center to help the offensive line. I think Azuto has a chance to be the left guard. I'm going to stick with the two tackles. I'm going to stick with Glowinski at right guard. Okay? Defensive line, I got no problems with the starters. But I need a backup defensive tackle who's going to rotate in and be a bully. Now, I know they like D.J. Davidson a lot, but he's one of those guys who was hurt this year. So, do you, you know, do you have to spend a lot of money to go get another guy? I don't know that. But I do think that you got to give Davidson a shot and you got to bring somebody else in, maybe a veteran, to, to work with him and compete with him. But that's what I would do along the lines. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, and, and you look at the Eagles and look at their star worth at, at center and how good he has been for them. Kelsey's going to the Hall of Fame. Yes, and how good he's been for them. And, and you can't underestimate how important he's been to their run game, to their protection, to how they get organized because at the end of the day, the, the, he has the ball every 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 down, you know, mm-hmm. and you and usually when you when you want to disrupt the team and you know that the quarterback does a good job in stepping up in the pocket, you put pressure on that center. Mm-hmm. That is the number one way to do. You put your biggest, most strongest, most powerful guy in front of that center, i.e. Dexter Lawrence on on this team, and you have him disrupt the game. You have to have a guy to combat that and fight that. Right, I'm thinking when you said uh, like a nasty, you know, dominant center, I thought of Donovan Rayola, 
back in front of the Lions a wow. few years ago. He wow. was a nasty guy. Yeah. I hated playing against that guy. But, hey, that's a guy that you know is going to be in that bar fight with you. And he ain't running. He ain't leaving. And he going to pull out a bottle and bust you in the back of the head. Oh, boy. You know what I'm saying? That's the type of guy that the Giants need, though. You need some nasty guys on the, on the, defense, on the offensive line. Because these D-linemen, I feel like they're getting bigger. They're getting stronger. They're well, getting yeah. more powerful, more stout. Because they've seen from the guys before them. You know, the, the, uh, the big – I mean, even here, we had Snacks Harrison. He was a beast. You know, and if you put snacks against the center, he better hold this. He better hold his water. Well, they say that the the NFL is full of trends. The trend right now is to put pressure on the interior of the offensive line. That's the trend right now. What used to be put it on the edges. Yes. Now more people are trying to get up in your in your wheelhouse in yep. the front. Yep. And so you need to be bigger and stronger up the middle on your offensive line. And while Feliciano is a scrapper. There are matchups where he just gets overmatched. Yeah, he got overpowered sometimes. And like I said, you don't have to look outside of this division. You don't have to look outside and what the Chiefs are doing, well, what this team is doing. Look at the, you look right the- at the Eagles and right at the Cowboys and even the Commanders. The Commanders got two dominant D tackles. This division is the home of the defensive front. Yeah, 100%. All four teams. 100%. So you don't have to look outside the division, Paul. You look right at the teams in this division that we play twice a year. And you look right at them and say, okay, where do we need to improve? First off, let's show up the interior offensive line. I think I said that was one of my main things last year. I mean, last week when I was talking about the Giants. And that's looking at our division. You have to be able to have success in your division to do something. It was an anomaly this year that three teams out of the division made it. And that's because other teams in other divisions weren't as good. But you can't think that these teams are not going to be breaking 500 in other divisions. You're going to have multiple teams. And the odd man out is the Giants right now. Now, If the Giants don't improve. Do you want to add a a run-stuffing, powerful defensive tackle to add to that rotation mix, or you don't think they need one? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, like first off, what are we going to do with Leo? Is he going to take a pay cut? Leo's going to get extended and get redone. Okay. He'll be here. Because I know he's owed $32 million next year. (laughs) There's only one person that's going to get paid $32 million. That that contract will not hold. He doesn't play defense. No, no. The contract (laughs) will not hold. He'll get get a redo. Because we want him. We want him back. I know the Giants want him back. He's a great leader. Well, him and Dexter are a great pair. Yeah. But sure. the problem is when you either one of those guys takes a, out the game. a breath, mm-hmm. you know, that's, huge that's when teams immediately take that spotlight, shine it on the interior defensive line and say, that's where we're going to run. Yeah. And you need, like, your point you were making, I know you hit on it a little bit yesterday with Lance. You need a guy, maybe it's not Leo, you need a guy to play first and second down when you know the team's going to run the ball. And you take Leo out the game and put this big old guy in front of that center that we were talking about and have him kick that center's butt. And Dexter Lawrence, he can do anything. He can play the one, he can play the shade, he can play the nose, he can play the three. He can do all of that. He could probably play on the outside, a five or, or wider than that. Dexter Lawrence is very versatile. You need a guy, which I think you're right about what you're saying. You need a guy basically right in front of that ball. Well, let's that's see a they big 350 pound just mover of men. Wall. Immovable object. <laughs> Folks, make sure you go to subscribe to the Giants Huddle Podcast. It features a rapid reaction after each game. Of course, that won't be till next season. Uh, we also have all kinds of analysts uh, from the national networks who will talk about the draft and free agency and all that great stuff. Uh, and that, of course, is on the Giants Huddle Podcast, which you can get on Giants.com and the archive of all your favorite podcast platforms. Let's get to the phone calls. We have talked enough. I'm sure you folks want to get in on this. Uh, Jonathan, it's just that when we start talking football, yeah, man, man we go. I lose time. I lose time. <laughs> I, I, I'm just too into it. Uh, all right, let's go to Abdul in Minneapolis. You're first on the program. Hello. Hey, 
Hey guys, what's up? Uh, we enjoy listening to you guys, so don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> You're very kind. So, <laughs> so I have a quick question about the salary cap. So, um, yesterday, I, guess was, I think it was yesterday when they officially announced what the salary cap would be for next year. And all year, I was hearing the Giants had $54 million to spend. But now the number's down to $44 million. Uh, am I missing something? Because I think they added money to the total salary cap. So how did the Giants number go down? All right, here's the thing. The number that came out yesterday, by most experts' estimates, was about $10 million less than what they projected it to be. That's oh, number less. one. I thought it was more. No, okay, no, that. it was less. So that's number one. A lot okay. of folks thought it was going to be in the mid-230s, and it came out in the low 220s, I believe, right? Okay? Mm-hmm. So, so that's the first point of contention. The second point of contention is this. The salary cap that you see today when you go on to the NFLPA site and you see those numbers or the ones that are on overthecap.com, and Jonathan can tell you this, there are so many machinations that are going to happen with contracts. Guys getting cut, guys getting pay cuts, guys getting extensions, guys getting reworks. The truth of the matter is, don't pay any attention to the numbers yeah, you I see I was just today. about to say that, yep. Yeah, don't don't look at the numbers and, tar- and, tar- and try to be like a, a mathologist, you know what I mean, and try to figure out if we got to do this. They're going to figure it out upstairs. They're going to figure those numbers okay. out, and they're going to get the guys that they want for the price that they want. You know, but at first you got to secure. I think the two guys you got to secure. Number one, you got to get Daniel Jones locked up. That's the the, the when you talk about salary cap numbers, that's the first person that's going right. to take majority of that number. And then you figure out what you're going to do with Saquon. You know, do you let him walk, okay. or do you do a franchise tag? Well, you got to tag right, him if for no other reason than to hold your rights to him. Thanks very much for the phone call. And then Julian Love is the third guy. Right, Julian Love. Um, my question is because nobody's ever said anything, and I've heard you talk about it, me and Schmokes talked about it, Lance talked about it, all the guys who are speaking about free agency and what we're going to do basically with our main two free agents, which is Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Everybody's talking about Saquon Barkley getting the tag. Could there anybody else possibly get the tag? Because I know we're not going to tag uh, Daniel Jones. No, no. I mean, that, anybody that's else. Why. That's why you to have get the it. tag. No, that's why you have it because you can you can basically hold Barkley hostage because he's either going to have to play for the tag or he's going to have to sit out a year or he's going to have to come to terms on a new deal. I mean, you have all the leverage that you could possibly want on yeah. Saquon Barkley. Ah, man, I feel bad. You know, I was a player. You know, I get it. And I want him to get his money, but at the same well, time. The- well, the, the Giants got to do what the Giants got to do. Even the tag business, gives him a raise off what he had this business, past year. Right? Understand yeah, yeah. that, you know. Anyway, but but the other thing to keep in mind, folks, okay, in terms of, of all these machinations with these numbers and, and everything that's out there, really what it comes down to, rather than looking at the numbers and trying to calculate, as he said, what you have to say is, given the, the needs on the team, okay, the best way to say this is, do they have enough of flexibility, given the needs on the team, to realistically sign the guys they can't afford to lose and then still have some money left over to spend elsewhere? To bring in quality That's the question. Guys. Okay? Mm-hmm. Truthfully, this past year, they did not. This year coming up, they will. And there are ways that they can make that happen. Let them worry about that. Don't you do that because it's a headache. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You know, and and look, let 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 Joe Shane do his thing. You know, the players, Daniel Jones, Saquon, Zaya Hodgins, Dexter Lawrence, Dory Jackson, they did what they were supposed to do this year. 
They handled their job this year. Yep. Dayball, Wink Martindale, Kafka, they called the calls and played the games, you know, that they needed to do this year. Now it's up to Joe Shane. You know, I feel like he did a good job of bringing in certain guys and putting this 2022 roster semi together because some guys are left over from uh, the Gettleman, you know, uh, regime. Yeah, bunch you know? of bunch of real good guys. Real good too. guys. So now we're gonna see what can Joe Shane do for the Giants. And this is where I feel like, look, he's been here for a year now. You know, he know the lay of the land. He sees what the Giants need, and he sees what the people want. You know, at the end of the day, and we're gonna see what he's made about. You know, and I have the utmost confidence in him that he's going to get the job done. I know that coming from Buffalo, the Bills over the last several years, as they rebuilt their team, they were masters at navigating the cap. Masters. They used every mechanism known to mankind on how to navigate the cap. So we're in good hands. We're in good hands. He learned. Yeah, yeah, we're in good hands. He knows. He knows exactly what they did up in Buffalo, and he knows how he's going to be able to use that here with the Giants. Uh, We go to line three, Wilson in Roxbury. You're next on the program. Hello. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good to talk to you. Dímelo. Dímelo. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, guys, listen, uh, real quick before I get to the Giants. Hopefully, you know, the, the Eagles played the Giants were basically high school receivers. And they play the uh, forty nine. They play forty niners with a seventy five percent of uh, of uh, no quarterback. So hopefully uh, Kansas City puts forty on them and they'll shut up already. But, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hey, 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 listen, listen, guys. Let me ask something. Um, watching all the scenes and all this, you know, all this, uh, uh, you know, weapons they have and quality playmakers. I'm amazed how Daniel Jones won ten games. I mean, the more I think about it, and the more you I... You mean I nine. Well, put the playoffs oh ten. You're right. Yeah, okay. Right, right. Okay, go right, ahead. Well, yeah, what's wrong with the play? I mean, Paul, I can count in one hand quarterbacks that would actually have won with that talent. Listen, the Texans have more playmakers than the Giants. So for people to question Daniel Jones' um, uh, athleticism or, 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 you know, his uh, playing quarterback, they're out of their mind. Wilson, Wilson, did you listen to the program yesterday? Yes, I was going to get okay. to that real quick. Now, I, I asked Lance, and I'll ask you and I'll ask Jonathan to both give me a quick okay. response on this. When you sure. looked at the wide receivers that played this past weekend in the right. NFL semifinals, and you looked right. at every single one of those teams had a guy make a right. play above the X's and the O's in the passing game, did you not scratch your head and said, boy, if Daniel Jones had only one of those guys? Well, let me ask you. Right? Let me tell you. Yeah. I go even. I, I go even further. You put Daniel Jones on the 49ers, they'll beat Philadelphia by twenty. They'll beat Philadelphia by twenty, Paul. I mean, Jalen. Well, Hurt, as long as they great. protect him from Hassan Reddick. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean, Paul. L- listen, 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 listen. Let me let me tell you something. I, I, I you said yesterday who you bring back. Uh, listen, I don't want to disrespect because they 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 gave us ten wins and they gave us. But listen, I will only bring back Isaiah Hodgins because he looks like he has something there, and and Wendell Robinson. Everybody else, they got to go. They, uh, because for every for for every for every nice catch they make, they'll drop the ball on the worst time. So so we got to start. So because you cannot you cannot go to war with with kitchen knives against tanks, and that's what happened Saturday uh-huh. when, the, when we played when we played when we played the Eagles. And one last thing, Paul, this sure. is for you. I don't yeah. Know. 
you, you said that Joe Shane built a house with toothpicks, right? But he could have bought some two two by fours in Home Depot at the uh, you know after after their buy to to make the house a little better. Because I want to ask you something, Paul, and, I, and I'll hang up. Uh, if you get Joe Shane right and a bar with a nice scotch, no cameras, no TV, nothing, and you ask Joe, tell me the truth, man. Why didn't you get? Why didn't you? You didn't do anything for the Giants. I said, Joe. You know what he would he, he would have said? I thought we were gonna run out of gas, and we were gonna we were gonna be really? just a little short. And and that to me is a little disappointing. I'm not. I can't. I can't blame anything because listen, they gave me they gave me a great season. But we went to war with kitchen knife against an army of tanks and you know whatever. Happened. All right, Wilson. We'll we'll let you go on I that like note. That. I like his points. The last one threw me off a little bit, and I, yeah. I, I saw Joe Shane in the background of the Senior Bowl just now. Well, so yeah, for sure. Here's the, here's <laughs> the thing that's troubling about that, and we were all talking about the Giants maybe making a deal for a wide receiver at the deadline. Turned out they didn't do it. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah Hodgins was better than any guy who got traded. Yeah, yeah. Look, and and we we was always questioning that. Are they going to make a move? Are they going to re-sign Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley? But Wilson had a point about going to war with army uh, with, with with butter knives or whatever kitchen knives right. he was saying. <clears throat> but thing is, and I'm going to his point about the kitchen knives. If you go to war. Right, and have success with only kitchen knives. That means you're developing all the other things that you have, your toolkit that doesn't require like uh, doesn't require actual weapons. Your brain, your toughness, your durability, your accountability, and your overall roster. I feel like had experience, and they got better. And guys that maybe are not going to be starters next year, that possibly were starters this year, they're going to be they're going to add depth to this team. Like a possibly of Richie James, who had 75 catches on the year. Well, how about the fact that they got Isaiah Hodgins for nothing? They got him off the waiver wire, and he's dirt cheap. And they found a guy who actually can play in this league and is going to be part of the team for the next few years. Years coming, right. And may even continue to get better. There, there could be a high ceiling on him. And you found him for nickels and dimes. Right. Off the but, waiver wire. So but how who about, did that, though? That was Joe, Joe Shane. Shane. Right. Joe Shane said, we're not going to trade a second or a third round or a first round draft pick. I went and got a receiver for a couple of shiny pennies. Yeah. And and remember, we were talking about free agency I, I mean, as, as it was coming up. Uh, or I guess it was coming. Free agency was ending where you, where you could trade. The trade deadline was approaching. Excuse me. Right. And the Giants didn't trade for nobody, but they got rid of Kadarius Toney. And people was like, why would we get rid of guys and we need guys? How happy are you to have those picks it, now? I'm telling you, it was addition by subtraction. He was a guy that didn't fit into the culture. I don't know exactly what was going on with him, but he didn't fit into the culture here for the New York Giants. The Giants, the number one thing when you have a new regime, the number one priority is establish culture. And if you say the Giants did this, they didn't do that, they failed here, they made success here. The one thing that I feel like we all could agree on they established culture. Mm-hmm. Now you have culture, and you actually won some games, won the playoff games. That makes a lot of other people maybe a little bit more happier to come to New York and play for this team and not the team upstate because everybody wants to play for the Buffalo with Josh Allen. Right Now everybody's looking at the New York Giants like, I could play for the Giants. I could, I could, I could catch a ball from uh, Daniel Jones. You know, I could block for Saquon Barkley. You know, like this is a sexy place now. 
And it wasn't like that in years prior. Right. Ever since Coughlin left, it's been a struggle here. Mm-hmm. I was part of a couple of teams, and it was rough. We did good one year, then we fell off the face of the earth after that. And the Giants haven't been good for a long time. People were going to want to play here. And when people want to play in certain places, that gives team leverage. When in terms of sal- salary cap and all the numbers and stuff well, like the that. the Patriots had that for years. That's what I'm saying. People And people understood what they was getting themselves into up right. there because of the culture that was established. The Giants, I'm not saying it's the Patriots culture. The Giants have a, an identity now and a culture now which hasn't been here since 2015. Just remember something, okay? So not only does he not make a big trade for a receiver and gets a guy for pennies, basically the waiver wire, he also trades Tony away has extra draft collateral now to help in 2023. And, oh, by the way, Kadarius Tony's stats this year with Kansas City were exactly what they were with the Giants in the first half of the season. And he was missing games two up there, too. Mm And his durability continues to come into question to where we don't even know if he's going to play in the Super Bowl. Right. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you want to complain about Joe Shane? You want to tell me you want to get him in the bar or off to the side and ask him about how he did? Well, I think he'll tell you he did pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> He's a little modest, though. I mean, maybe I did all right. I yeah. got a little ways to go. But that's modest we'll, talk we'll speak for, for saying, I did a hell of a job with this shit that I had. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll speak Bibi for out, out. <laughs> Line one, Seth in New York. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hey, how you guys doing today? What's going on? Oh, not much. I just wanted to discuss the um, what your guys' opinion was on the first uh, three rounds that we have to pick from. Um, I had three selections that I thought were pretty good fits. Round one, I picked Cam Smith um, from South Carolina. Round two, I picked Jalen Hayat out of Tennessee. And then somehow I got linebacker Noah Sowell in the third round. Um, wanted to know what your guys' opinion was on that. I thought that still hit all three of our primary needs that the team needed going on to the next season and was beneficial. All right. Appreciate the call, Sam. I don't really do mock drafts, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. I don't really pay attention to that. Number one, I don't really know the kids coming out of college. That's number one. Number two, how do you, you know what I mean, how do you predict something like that, especially the Giants don't pick at the top of the rounds? They're picking 25th. You know, so it's like, how do you know who's going to be around? And I think what would serve the team best that I feel like needs help in a lot of different positions, you get the best available player. And, of course, they have to fit into your scheme, into your culture. That's why the Giants, they have – walls and walls and walls of lists of guys that they have <laughs> in the draft room. I know. So there's going to be a lot of guys that check a lot of boxes for the Giants when it comes to that 20-something pick. 
and they're going to be able to pick a guy. And for me, yes, you got to talk need, but it's a sliding scale. How good the player is, how productive is he, how much did he fit into the culture of the game, and what's the need of the team. And I think the Giants are going to go in there, and I think they're going to draft very well this year. Hopefully they can get some durable players that actually play this year and not are on the you know, rotting the pine or on IR, you know, but that's a little bit of luck. I think they maybe have to manipulate some training ha- habits and techniques that they have here. It's been years now, Jonathan. I don't know what else they can do. Yeah, I don't know either, but they have to figure that out. You got to keep guys healthy. You know, I don't know if that has to do with the turf inside because the Giants. Well, they are changing that now. I know. I heard that too. A, the, new, a new and different blend of artificial turf is coming into the building for this season. And maybe that will help, you know, and, and the Giants, I, I think something like this happens, you know, in terms of, the Giants have a practice facility. In the practice facility is a very similar turf to what's on this, in the stadium. But the Giants also have, I don't know, four outdoor fields that when you're practicing for the Giants, about 80% of the time, you're on those practice fields. Three regular uh, grass and one artificial. So, But they don't do the artificial outside. They don't they just use do that, the three, they, they the three grass They don't use that artificial fields. very much at all. I think the issue that comes when to, to injury because you get so used to playing on grass every single day of the week, then all of a sudden you change the surface and go to this artificial mm, surface. Interesting, you know. And then I don't know, stuff is just different there. You know, I, I'm not a doctor. I don't, I don't really know, and I don't think anybody can really predict exactly what be happening to guys that get hurt on turf. Like what happened with Sterling Shepard? He was running down the field. He just tears his ACL. Like what was that? You know, know. what I mean? Like I, I don't know. know. You need a little bit of luck. You know, you need the universe or God to be on your side. You know, but the Giants, number one, you need depth. That's the number one priority for the Giants in terms of, you know, you got to get your two positions handled, Saquon, I guess three positions handled. Offensively, you got to get Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley figured out, that number one receiver, and then it's depth. You need depth on every single position on this team. That's through the draft, and that's through free agency. Okay, now as far as the guy was talking about with the players, I haven't done any draft work at all. I was so busy. You with get this. into that? Do you get into the draft? Oh, stuff? sure. Yeah. Big time. Um, but here's the problem with this team going into the playoffs like they did with the playoff run. And I already started doing college basketball this past week, right after the Giants finished up. Uh, I'm literally looking forward to the East West game, uh, Shrine game on yep. Thursday night, Bowl, yep. which, which I will make sure to see. Uh, senior Bowl practices started today. Yep. In fact, Schmelk is down there at the, in Alabama. Uh, and that game is going to be played this weekend. Okay, so that's going to be the beginning of me just dipping my toe into the draft waters. Seeing what's going on. So to be honest with you, my man, uh, free agency comes first and then the draft. So before you even start thinking about now you can start looking at prospects who you might like. But before you start mock drafting the Giants, you got to worry about free free agency agency first. Free agency is the next month. That's the next month. Hell, what if Barkley or Jones don't come back? How does that change things? That's huge. Because nobody, oh nobody's goodness. talking about either one of those guys walking. And I, and I say walking like. And I say there is point one percent chance. Daniel Jones is a chance. free man. Point zero, like zero point one percent chance either guy's not here. But just in case that happens, what in the world does that do to the apple cart? That changes everything. That changes everything. <laughs> everything changes. Without Daniel Jones, this team is totally different. Now, Saquon is a little bit different because a lot of teams can do running back by committee. You know, even Saquon didn't play – Saquon didn't play 100% of the snaps this year. You know, running backs don't play 100% of the snaps. But you know who did play 100% of the snaps unless he was hurt or knocked out the game? Daniel Jones did. He came out of the game with one game when uh, – uh, um, was it the Eagles game, the first Eagles game when he came out? Right. 
And, when when uh, Tyrod uh, Ty came Rod in for a little in, bit. And then he got concussed. And then he came back in the game. But that's right. what I'm saying. Daniel Jones is the only person on his team that played 100% of the snaps. And I say 100%, like 90. Virtually. 9.2 or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's the most vital position. He's Might the quarterback. Have. You know, you got to figure out him. If Daniel Jones is not here, this team is going to look way different. I can't imagine Me either, either. Guy not being here. But there's like you said, if there's a point zero one percent Well until it's signed. Right. Until it's signed and the new deal is complete, there's a chance. There's a chance. There is a chance. And trust me, everything will change if one of those guys walks out the door. Yes. I so agree. so let's not get too ahead of ourselves with a mock draft with the twenty fifth pick right. in the first round. <laughs> Uh, back to line Kuiper. one. Jim in New Jersey, you're next on the program. Hello. Well, hi, Paul. First, thanks for all your great years of uh, coverage of the Giants. And I appreciate Jonathan, that. Your, and, Johnson, thanks for always being such a hell of a scrappy, terrific player for the Thank Giants. Thank you, man. Really I appreciate it. it. No problem. Uh, I want to just make a quick comment with what you guys started with, talking about the uh, Philly game. And then I do, Paul, want to talk very kind of take a different take on free agency. But the, the quick thing about the 49er game with the Eagles, to me, the Eagles, if you want to sum up their playoffs, they played a quarterback with no weapons, and then they played a bunch of weapons with no quarterbacks. So yeah. it'll be interesting mm. to see if Kelsey <laughs> and if, uh, and if uh, uh, you know, Patrick are healthy, whether they can give them a game, because they haven't faced that yet. You know what I mean? Um, and they've had every break go their way. They are greatly talented, but they have had every break go their way. So this is far, true. The, the Eagles. Anyway, uh, Paul, my question is, John, you two here on this. Um, uh, I, I know where you guys are, as you just said, Paul, you, you haven't delved down into the draft yet at all, but here's my question about Saquon. Um, let's imagine, for, uh, you know, I was listening to the, uh, the, the Giants uh, huddle, and uh, yesterday uh, they had that Trevor Sigma on there with, uh, with Schmelk, mm-hmm. and he kind of really kind of cooled my jets about either what kind of linebackers or what kind of receivers you're going to get in the draft. Um, their take was that probably the best receiver in this coming draft wouldn't have been in the top five in uh, last year's draft. Yeah, I can tell you both of those positions are kind of what I've heard, generally speaking, lukewarm this year. Mm. I have heard that. But, but, Paul, here's my question to you and Jonathan, just to kick around, just to think about is this. The one guy that has been talked about a little bit, I've begun to pay attention to this, is this guy Bijan Robinson? He is literally described as if you want another Saquon Barkley, he's a running back from Texas. He's, he's pretty impressive. Oh, Catches the ball about. quick, a yeah. really amazing dude. He's really something. So here's my question to you guys. I love Saquon. Uh, I, I, you know, my kids had his jersey. We, we think he's amazing. So let's assume somewhere between the $10 million franchise tag and, say, $16 million, which is, you know, Christian McCaffrey's number. You know, let's say there's a number that Saquon's got to have, $13 million or something. So let's imagine for a minute that you let him walk. Instead of putting aside $13 million for Saquon, you could take a Bijan Robinson at 25. Maybe you can take him in the second round. And you're going to get a guy with very close to the similar production. You know that this coaching staff teaches incredibly well to bring a young guy in to learn the system. And now maybe you're playing that kid in the second round contract or the end of the first round contract. Three million bucks. Now you've got an extra eleven to go out and get that bully that you guys were talking about on the defensive line to come in to spell uh, to spell guys. Or you're going to get, um, or you could get, 
you could get, um, you know, take your money and maybe go get that, that center that Paul was talking about who's a beast because you're not going to draft him. There's no Tyler Linderbaum in this class either, it looks like. So, and even he's not really, he wasn't really a bully. But that's what I'm wondering. Uh, what do you guys have, what do you guys look at that calculation? And obviously I'm sure you guys are very friendly with Saquon and all, but still you've got another 10 or $11 million to play around with in free agency and you might be able to pick up a guy uh, who could do the same, a lot of the same things and maybe have you know, a little bit longer tread life what do you think about that idea? All right, let me approach. And I'm torn about it. I'm all not right, for it. I'm just torn about it. I, 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 and that's that's fair to think about. Let me ask Jonathan in a little bit of a different angle, but it addresses the same issue. Okay, thank you for the call. I talk about headache players all the time. You're a defensive player. You're going to play the Giants coming up on Sunday. Who are the headache players on this Giants offense? There's only one, really, besides the quarterback, is Saquon. Correct. It's only one. Correct. Yeah. Now, if I let Saquon walk, and he, by the way, I consider him an offensive weapon. I just don't consider him a running back. I know they didn't throw the ball to him as much this year as I thought they would. But he's the only headache player on this offense, aside from the quarterback, who may or may not be a headache player, depending upon how you he want is. to think about him. He is. I think because he is. of the ability to run I think create. he is. Mm-hmm. Some people still don't believe that, but I think he is. Mm-hmm. But Saquon's the only other one. You eliminate him from this equation. I don't care who you want to get in the draft. That guy is not going to be the headache player that Saquon Barkley is. And in fact, even if you do replace him and get lucky and get a guy who can be Saquon, well, you've just done a one-for-one swap. Now, you'll have some more money. Yeah, but... Money doesn't create headache players necessarily because you can go out and buy a free agent like when they bought Kenny Galladay, who was supposed to be a headache player and turned out not to be. Yeah, well, he was a headache, all right. (laughs) I wasn't going to go that way. But since you did, no, no, I hear, you, you, you see what I'm no, getting No, I at. hear exactly what you're saying. Is that because, not counterproductive? Are you yeah, not spinning your wheels? Well, you have a proven player who you didn't say Quan Barkley, who, like you, like you said, is a headache to anybody that you play against on defense because you have to account for him in both the running game and the passing game. He's a guy that doesn't have to come off the field anymore. I think it was a question about his pass protection his first couple of years. I think he sold that up. Is I there, think he's a good pass, pass okay, pro now. Is there anyone on this Giants offense – who can score from anywhere on the field besides Saquon Barkley? On the offense? On the offense. No. no. He's the only one, right? He's the only one. And even if you're defending him at the Giants' own five-yard line, he he has a chance to go, can he? can take I don't know if he's that fast anymore. I think he's off a step. When I say off a step, let's say he was a 4-3-2 guy. Maybe he's a 4-3-8 guy now. You know, he's had a lot of lower body injuries, you know. And as he's get get a little older, you know, you kind of slow down a little bit. I don't see him breaking a 95-yarder, though, no more. Okay, can he break his, his rookie can he, year? Can he break his yes. 65? I think he get a 65, though. Okay, is there I anyone else 65? on this team who can do that? No. No, 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 no. No way. Okay. Well, we got to see what Wondell Robinson is all about and how he responds from this injury, right? He had well, an ACL, didn't he? And, and once again, everything that the Giants do is going to have to have an injury component Man. factor into the equation. That's why you need depth, though. You know, that's why my number one priority was, of course, you got to you got to handle Daniel Jones. I don't think handling Saquon is the number two. I think number two is getting that receiver. Like you said, every single team right now, well, I guess last week in the championship round, had a dog at receiver. 
And you look at uh, the, uh, the Chiefs, you got Travis Kelsey, who's one of the best tight ends ever. You have to have a number one guy. Because the way this league has gone, it used to be you got to have a bell cow running back who you can give 30 carries a game to that's going to have 350 touches on a year. That was like 15 years ago. The game has evolved to being a more pass passing central focused league, right? That's why quarterbacks are getting paid so much now. That's why when you see somebody like an A.J. Brown leave one team, go to another team, yeah, I mean, the Eagles had a whole bunch of other players, but look at him leaving at the Titans and see what they were this year, Right? You get guys that are that good and they play with a quarterback that can get them the ball, like a Justin Jefferson. You take Justin Jefferson over the Vi- off the Vikings, they win five games this year at max. I think he was the MVP of the league. Absolutely. Some people will vote for Mahomes, and I won't argue, but I would vote for Jefferson. Like, for me, like we, a lot of people, and, the, and this is the same way people don't think Daniel Jones is that good because that's what they've heard. That's what they've heard. And they see... They see the the not so good highlights of him making mistakes, but they've heard that. If you watch Daniel Jones play football this year and you say he's a bad quarterback, you don't know anything about football. That's right. You know, and if you look around the league, they only show you certain things and they give you, you know, a little bit of speculation. You know what I mean? So when they go for they show highlights, you know, so they're only showing highlights. Justin Jefferson, some of his catches that made him, I feel like, the best receiver in the league this year, they weren't on no highlights. They were tough four- or five-yard catches mm-hmm. when he got destroyed by linebackers and he held onto the ball. And he's like 175 pounds. He's not a big dude. And I seen him do that game after game after game. And I didn't watch him the whole season. I didn't need to. I only saw four or five games when I was preparing to watch him to play the Giants. And I was like, holy smokes. This dude is tremendous. And somehow they he contained him in a tremendous. playoff game. How somehow. About that? Somehow they did it. <laughs> somehow. Because he is another level of player. The Giants need a guy. I don't think you can get a guy that level. But up in that upper echelon of being a top dog receiver. And there's a whole bunch of guys out there. Schmokey, we were talking about 1A, 1B type receivers. You know, and I think... Uh, the free agency is not that great, but Tyreek Hill, uh, A.J. Brown, they both had years left on their contract, and they got traded, right? Mm-hmm. The Giants, I saw a guy last week in T. Higgins, who I think is the number one receiver. And if the Giants can make a play for him, figure out how to move some stuff around, and you get a big 6'4", big guy that's going to go up to catch the ball, run after catch. I got a guy for you, catch. but we'll talk about him off the air. Okay, all right. I like that. I like that. <laughs> We're not going to be tampering. By the way, you must be getting old because you and I agree far too much. Is that just, what it is? So you know. Or you're getting younger uh, hanging out with other. me. One or the other. I don't know. It could, could be. Could be. I'm getting old, guys. Uh, giant fans, take your fandom to the next level. The season ticket membership. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more all about the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. And once again, Big Blue Kickoff Live has been brought to you by Pepsi Zero Sugar. New and improved, zero never tasted so good. We are here every weekday from 12.30 to 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time at 201-939-4513. Jonathan, it's been another fun show. I appreciate you coming by. Always, Paul. For Jonathan, I'm Paul Dottino. We'll see you again tomorrow on Big Blue Kickoff Live. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.